Hey guys, welcome back to Mommyhood Redeemed. I'm here again with Vanessa. Hi guys. Can you believe it's almost spring already? Um, although <laughs> here in Colorado, we are getting so much snow that it doesn't really even feel close to spring yet. Seriously, here in SoCal, it has been raining, I think, more than it has ever rained in my entire <laughs> life. And it has been so cold for us like cold is in the 40s or 50s and my kids look like they're the Michelin snowman or something but I'm so excited this is honestly probably the first one to where I'm like yay I can't wait for spring and summer um but anyways we're really excited to jump into today today's podcast it's I think a really good one one that both of us are being refined in and growing in and one that we believe all mamas are going to walk through at one time or another. And that topic is waiting. Uh, Both Lauren and I were really affected um, over the past month by a family that we had never met, but we both kind of watched through social media, um, just watch this family slowly watch their little baby girl under a year fade away from just a terrible um, brain cancer. And our hearts were just shattered and we could not imagine what walking through that valley must have been like and how the waiting must feel like for them, that waiting to go home to heaven, to be made with um, new and to be with Christ and to be reunited with their sweet little girl again. And Christianity really is waiting, waiting on small things, waiting on big things. And some of the waiting may never even end in our lifetime like our wait for Christ to return here and make all things new may not happen in our lifetime. And in the Old Testament, the psalmist talks about waiting on the Lord. In Psalm 40, verse 1, it says, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined me and heard my cry. And then in Isaiah 40, 31, we read, Those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Christians have been waiting for years and years, waiting on the return of Christ and waiting continues today for him. And so what does all this have to do with waiting for us mamas? And I think as mothers and Christian mothers of that, there's going to be much waiting required and waiting is not easy. We live in a microwave society where, you know, we usually get and of course want results and answers fast and right now. But that's not how God usually works. You see, patience is good for us. It's a communicable attribute of God, meaning he and we share it. And as we Christians, Christian mothers are called to possess it. And of course, we could spend a ton of time talking about all the ways in which we're called to wait as Christians and as Christian mothers. But we just wanted to talk about three today and hope that these three are three that all of you moms can really relate to and just be encouraged by uh, what scripture has to say about them. So the first one is waiting on fruit in our children's lives. Back to that whole microwave society that we live in. Well, our kids don't fit into that. Very rarely do we see a child that responds immediately to training and discipline. Instead, we're often spending hours, days, weeks, months, years, and hundreds of prayers waiting and waiting on the Lord to work in the lives of our little ones and praying and begging God that our labor wouldn't be in vain, praying that fruit will show 
and just begging God to ultimately save their little souls. And so we wait patiently on the Lord. And in the waiting, what are we called to do? I love Deuteronomy 4, verses 6 through 9. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And this is what we need to be doing as mamas. We need to be preaching the word of God to their little hearts, both in word and in deed. We need to let them see it everywhere they go, hear it every day, and lived out in our lives and in our homes and in the churches that we go to. Proverbs 22, 6, we all know it well. It says, train up a child in the way he should go, and even when he is old, he will not depart from it. We have to be faithful in obeying what God's word has to say about discipline. We have to follow his pattern for discipline and trust that even when we don't see fruit immediately, that he is faithful and that his word is true and realize that there isn't a magic formula or a tailor-made instruction for each and every kid. There's God's way and that's it. And, you know, you may be the mom that has a child that needs one discipline a week. Or you might have a child who needs one every five minutes. Um, I have one of each. (laughs) So, uh, you know, there's unique implications of both. And ultimately raising them um, in the same way, it's so interesting. I think Lauren and I can both agree on this, that, you know, we raised our kids the same. We've raised them the same. We've Mm -hmm. been as consistent as we can with what we do and what we say and the example that we set. And yet they are different. And the kind of training and consistency is different. And the kind of fruit we see from them is different. And yet both of them teach us patience in different ways and teach us that we are called to wait on the Lord to produce fruit in their little lives. You know, the child that needs a ton of discipline, we might not see really any fruit and it can be discouraging and it can be exhausting and can feel hopeless at times. But That's the child that actually draws us close to the Lord because that's the child that forces us on our knees constantly that makes us realize that really we're just a tool in God's hand to bring them to him. We aren't the ones that can save them. We aren't the ones that, you know, change their hearts. And it really is a blessing to have a child like that because they teach us that patiently waiting and trusting on the Lord is good. And then the other child who may be quicker to learn and quicker to obey, you know, I have one like that too, but sometimes, you know, their obedience is just because they want to please you. And so you're waiting on God to change their heart instead of wanting to just obey mom and dad because they want approval from mom and dad. You're waiting for God to change their heart because they want to obey to have the Lord's you know, not approval, but they want to obey because they love Jesus and not because they're scared of getting a discipline or because, you know, they fear mom and dad. And so either child, both of them are really tools that God uses to refine us and God uses to grow us in our patient waiting on him to produce um, just steadfastness in him and to produce 
just fruit in our own lives. And I think that waiting for the Christian mama um, in this specific area with kids is probably one of the hardest things that we do because we want so badly um, to do anything. We would do anything to see our kids come to know Christ and to be his. And we just want to see that fruit and we want to see it right now. And that's not always how it works. In 1 Corinthians 3, 6, it says, I planted the seed and Apollos watered it, but God had been making it grow. And that's Paul talking. And I love that verse because you see, we might be the seed planters and God might use other people in their lives to water it, but it's ultimately God that is going to make it grow. And then we have to rest patiently and wait. We have to trust that God is working and that he's the one who's going to save them, not us. We have to believe that we're simply the means, the seeds are being planted, and we can trust that he's the one who is going to cause them to take root and to grow. And we need to pray that others around us would be the tools to help those seeds grow, whether it's church, family, friends, siblings, husbands, whoever it might be. And then we just patiently and prayerfully wait on the Lord for the fruit in our kids' lives, for the salvation of their souls. And what a glorious thing it is and how much glory does it bring God when we can look back and see that transforming work that he does in their lives. Something that we didn't see overnight, but something definitely I think that will be worth waiting for. That's so true. It's worth the wait. And second, we wait on answers to prayer. And this is a hard one for all of us. And we have all experienced at one time or another. Someone once said God's answer to our prayer is, Yes, no, or wait. And oftentimes it is just that. But why does he call us to wait? Or why does he want us to wait? Because it refines us. It drives us closer to him. It forces us on our knees. It reminds us of our dependence upon him. It leaves us helpless before a mighty God. And it allows him to put his glory on full display. So what does this practically look like in our lives as mothers? Maybe it's waiting on those two pink lines on a pregnancy test. Maybe it is waiting on test results for a sick child or spouse. Maybe it's waiting on direction about a potential job change for your husband or yourself. Maybe it's waiting on the right decision about schooling your kids. Maybe it's waiting on healing from a chronic illness. Whatever it is, this is what God's word says about that kind of waiting. And I know many of you are probably familiar with the story of Lazarus. Lazarus was Mary and Martha's brother and a dear friend of Jesus. He became very ill when Jesus was away and Mary and Martha sent for Jesus to come quickly to come and heal their brother, knowing that he had the power to do it. Well, instead of coming quickly, Jesus waited. He made Mary and Martha wait as well. And the story is found in John 11. When Jesus finally comes two days later, Martha runs out and says, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know whatever you ask from God, God will give you. And I'm certain that both Mary and Martha did not enjoy that waiting period. It must have felt like an eternity. Didn't Jesus care? Didn't he want to come? What is going on? In verse five, it says that Jesus loved Mary and Martha. He loved them and yet he made them wait. And that, my friends is what he often does for us too. You see, Jesus was more glorified here by bringing Lazarus back to life than he had just, than had he just come and healed him from his illness. And that is often the case with our stories too. 
whatever they may be. The waiting is so hard, but in the midst of it, may God's glory be our aim. May the watching world see us patiently waiting and stand and wonder who our God is and marvel at our faith. And my husband was searching for his dream job for 11 years, 11 years. It's over a decade. And you guys, it has been painful. It has been hard. It has been extremely sanctifying. Waiting can be excruciating. The not knowing, the frustration after doesn't happen after the umpteenth time, the hopeless feeling when day after day and year after year, it does not happen. And the moments I struggle most in the waiting are the moments that my eyes are not focused on the Lord, but worried about when and where and why it hasn't happened yet. Why, oh Lord? And you guys, we prayed and we had so many people praying for us and we continue to pray for strength and joy and perseverance through each letdown and each joy through the whole waiting process. And we, as we kind of stepped back at the ending of the end of this journey, um, we realized that there were over 60 families, mostly unbelievers, some believers that were watching us and my husband go through this years and years of waiting and praying and persevering. And they saw something different. They saw Jesus. And we, some even asked him like, how are you even doing this? Like you should have a plan B, but they saw my husband's hope was in the Lord. And he waited with confidence that the Lord called him to be a firefighter. And the wait was so long and so hard, but the fact that Christ, he was displayed, glorified, and totally shown makes each of those 11 years worth it. And we understand what waiting is like now, and we can really empathize with others. And the Lord has also used that in other people's lives. And it's been really cool to see. And we depended on Christ for each hard and joyous moment. And mamas, after 11 years of waiting patiently, and sometimes not patiently for my husband's dream job, He got the offer and accepted just three days ago, this last Friday, and we are praising the Lord. (laughs) And so are so much, so many people. And it's been really neat to see our, our kids as well. Um, My oldest said, daddy, you've waited so long for this. And it was really cool to say, look what the Lord did. He provided even after the waiting. And so the Lord teaches us patience through waiting. And he is so good always, even in the waiting Amen. I love that story. And I've loved getting to watch and just pray for you guys through the Mm -hmm. whole thing. And interestingly enough, we actually wrote this before this all Mm -hmm. happened and came to pass. And um, gosh, God's so good. Mm -hmm. So lastly, we as Christian mothers are not only called to wait patiently um, for the here and now things, but ultimately for Christ's return. Lauren and I often tell each other how much we long for that day. And God wants us to be living for that day, keeping our eyes fixed on the eternal and on heaven, knowing that all of this here on earth is just temporary. There's a really good article on Desiring God by David Mathis, and he talks about this expectant waiting, saying, The church has endured two millennia of extended waiting. We groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption of sons, the redemption of our bodies, according to Romans 8.23. And we aim to live in holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of the Lord, 
waiting for the new heavens and the new earth in which righteousness dwells, 2 Peter 3, 11 to 13. And as we bide our time on this side, we keep ourselves in the love of God by waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads us to eternal life, Jude 21. This elusive virtue then, which corresponds to this dreaded condition, is patience. It's the first thing that Paul celebrates about love in 1 Corinthians 13 when he says, love is patient. Uh, It's one of the most repeated exhortations to the church leaders. And eternal life is the possession of those who by patience in well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, according to Romans 2.7. Patience is a virtue. It's rare and it's a divine doing. And patience is the companion of humility and the enemy of pride. Patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit, Ecclesiastes 7, 8. So how do we wait for his return well and cultivate this patience that we're called to display as we do? We have to lean into God. We have to grow in our knowledge of him, which will in turn grow our faith. And our faith is what gives us hope. And that hope is what enables us to have the patience we are called to have to wait. And the waiting should lead us to prayer. In Romans 12, it says to be continually in prayer. We have to remember that God is first and foremost patient. Romans 2, 4 says, Do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? He is so patient, and we can learn from his fatherly example. You see, waiting's part of life. It's part of this fallen world, and it's something we'll deal with from now and into eternity. But we can wait well. We can bring him glory in our waiting and trust that he is oh so good, and his timing is perfect beyond compare. So mamas, whatever season that you're in right now, whether you're waiting on something big or maybe something really small, or maybe you're just longing for fruit in that toddler's life, or in the bigger picture of things, Christ's glorious return. We can take hope in knowing that the same God who has called you to wait displayed perfect patience both here on earth, in Christ's example, and in heaven. That same article, Mathis went on to say, the unwelcome intrusions of waiting into our lives, whether weighty or seemingly trite, are powerful opportunities to welcome God into every moment and keep our hearts renewed in him. Thanks so much for listening today. We look forward to continuing on this journey with you all as we seek to redeem mommyhood every day for God's glory through the power of the gospel.